The following message is brought to you by Morgan Hill Bible Church. For all things MHBC, connect with us on social media and check us out online at mhbible.org. Well, Merry Christmas to you. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, my name is Michael, and I have the privilege of serving as the lead pastor here at Morgan Hill Bible Church. And I just want to say thank you for, for being here and including us in your Christmas celebration this year. It's an honor to have you, to have you with us tonight. And this, this Christmas season is a, a special one for, for myself and for our family. Um, first, it's the first time as a family that we'll celebrate Christmas here in California. We moved here this summer, and we're looking forward to the sunshine and there not being snow on Christmas. It's actually something like a white Christmas. Well, yeah, if you go up to the mountains, you can have that. But, you know, it's nice out like this. Another, another thing, you know, the reason that, another reason that we are excited and have been looking forward to this Christmas year is our daughter is now a toddler. And last year, she was just a little one, and so you can't really do a lot when they're, they're really tiny. But this year, she's a toddler, and so you can kind of start to participate in different Christmas traditions and celebrations, right? And I'm sure if we began to talk that all of us in our families and maybe you and your family just kind of have some things that you always just try and do to celebrate in different traditions that your family has. And so we've tried out a few different things this year. One of which that we tried a, f- a few weeks ago. My wife was actually back in the Midwest. She was visiting family. Her, fa- her on her dad's side, they had a big family Christmas celebration and gathering together. And as part of their thing, one, Kristen's uncle actually comes down dressed up as Santa Claus and gives presents to all the little kids, which is you know cute. And then everyone takes their kid and puts him on Santa's lap to take a picture with Santa. Now, if you've ever had kids around the age of two or one and a half, you know how well this goes, and it went just about as well as could be expected with our daughter, Aria. (laughs) There was no sound coming out of her at that moment because it's that sheer terror of the breath coming in until just the blood-curdling scream is let out about 10 seconds later. We're like, all right. So she's not a huge fan of Santa. That's, that's okay. So, so we, we were like, all right, another, another thing which we've really enjoyed doing locally around here, which there's so many amazing places to go and to look at are all of the Christmas lights around Morgan Hill. And of course, it's nice out. So you can go and drive around and get out of the car. And so we've, we've taken regularly drives in the evening. I think we have a picture here. Varia, she's a bigger fan of the Christmas lights than she is of Santa. She doesn't quite understand boundaries, though. She just goes up to everybody's yard on their lawn and starts, like, pulling their lights off of the trees and everything. She just thinks, these are now my lights if I'm here, right? So, but she, she loves going and looking at the Christmas lights. And this idea of, of lights is a regular thing around Christmas, right, that we talk about. And it's actually a, a thing that we see in Scripture as well, as was just read for us in the Gospel of John. The coming of Jesus is often talked about in terms of a light coming into the world. And tonight we're going to look at a few verses from the Gospel of John, chapter 1. This idea of Jesus being the light of the world and the difference that that can make in our lives even today. In John, chapter 1, verse 9, it says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world." The true light. Jesus is not just called the light, but he is the true light. See, God regularly appears. If you, if you read the whole of the Bible and look especially at the Old Testament, God regularly appears as images of lighting things up. 
that God is something that radiates light. If you think about it, when, when the people of Israel were journeying to the promised lands and nightfall went on them, what did God send to remind the people of his presence with them? He sent a pillar of fire that would light their way. When Moses prayed and asked God, if I could see your glory, God said, here, I will pass over you and you'll get just a small glimpse of me. And when Moses came down from that mountain and went before the people, it said that his face shone. It was so bright because he had encountered God. In the Old Testament prophets, when they looked forward to the Messiah coming, one of the most regular prophecies and, and metaphors was that it would be a light shining into the darkness. But why is Jesus not just called the light, but in verse nine, the true light? Why is he the true light? It's not that the other lights were false so that they weren't actual, but this idea of true means it's, it's as real, it's as genuine. This is the fullest expression of light possible. And what John is trying to say by Jesus being the true light that has come into the world is this, is that if you want to know God, look at Jesus because he is God. Jesus is the full expression of who God is. Jesus has not just come to tell us about God, not just to point us to God, but Jesus came as God in the flesh when he came here. Jesus himself identified himself as this light. In John chapter eight, he says this, I am the light of the world." Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And this light, it says of Jesus, gives light to everyone. It shines on everyone. See, one of the, the things that light does is when light comes upon us, when light comes into a dark space, it immediately lights it up. And things that were once hidden in the darkness are exposed when the light comes on. And it's the true for us as people, when we encounter Jesus, the darkness of our hearts and the things that we would try and hide even from the people closest to us are exposed and they're seen when we encounter Jesus as the light of the world. It shows us for who we truly are. In 1 Corinthians chapter four, speaking of Jesus, it says that he will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. And so what is our normal reaction to this? As people, when, when we realize that, that God can see right through everything we've ever put up, what is our typical human reaction? Well, I think it's most often our natural reaction is to hide, to try and hide from God so that his light cannot shine in our lives. The very first humans, Adam and Eve, when they sinned and God came into the garden, what did they try and do? They tried to hide from God. See, hiding is a very elementary thing. It's a very basic thing of life that we like to hide from others. It's the foundation of one of my favorite childhood games, hide and seek. Everyone else goes off and they hide and it's one person's job to go and to find the people who are hidden. Now, some of you as kids and some of you who are kids, some of you are better than this than other people are. And we're gonna look at a couple people who are on the not so good side, right? So if you were playing hide and go seek, you could go and hide somewhere in your house and you can find a carpet or a rug and say, hey, I'm gonna hide under that. Just make sure that if you do that, it doesn't look quite like that. 
doesn't work so well, buddy. It's, it's a good effort, right? It's a good effort, but it doesn't, it doesn't work so well. Or you could team up and hide together and maybe find some dark curtains and hide behind the curtains. But if you do that, make sure that they're long enough, right? You're like, I can't see you. You can't see me. No, we're, we're totally hidden back here. Or maybe you take your game of hide and seek outside. A great place to hide is behind a tree. Just make sure the tree is more than about two inches wide when you go and you hide behind the tree. A great hiding spot inside is under a big storage bin. Maybe your parents have got a Christmas container. <laughs> hide under a storage bin. But make sure to get all the way under there. I like to think that this last side is this kid a little bit older. All right, I got to get all the way in. Just don't pick out a clear one, right? Because that, that doesn't work too well, right? And, and we see images like this and we think, well, that, that's just totally ridiculous, right? Like trying to hide in a clear box. Like, of course you can be seen. That's how ridiculous we look when we try and hide ourselves from God. When we try and hide who we are from God, we're not fooling anyone and we're certainly not fooling him. He is the light of the world. He exposes and he sees who we truly are. And so when we realize that, what, what, what can our response be? What should our response be? Well, the passage points out there's two responses to this. When we see that Jesus exposes the darkness in us, the first response is that we could reject him, is that we would reject him. Verses 10 and 11 say this, that he was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. The world rejected him in our rebellion. We said, you know what? I think I'm better off on my own. I'm better off in this darkness by myself. His own people, the Jewish people that he came to save as the Messiah rejected him as well. See, we reject him because we sometimes are blinded into the fact and think it's best to live life on our own, to do it our own way. As John chapter three says, this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the lights because their works were evil. And we can reject Jesus and want to just embrace the darkness of our own life, even realizing the life that he has to offer for us, but we want to reject him and just be in the dark by ourselves. But what is the alternative what does it look like if we don't want to reject Jesus? What does the alternative look like? Verses 12 and 13. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. See, the alternative to rejecting Jesus is receiving him receiving him. How do we receive Jesus? How can we receive what he has to offer to us? Well, it says there, to all who did receive him, who believed in his name. We receive Jesus by believing in him. It's not a matter of the works that we've done or how much works we've done, but simply a matter of faith. It's all about faith in Jesus is how we receive him. Okay, so if, if it's a matter of faith, then, then who can receive? Who, who is this gift offered to, this gift of life in Jesus? Well, it's offered to, to any of us, to all of us, to anyone. 
So it means when it says it's not those who were born, not of blood. It doesn't matter what family line you come from or what religion you grew up in or how often you went to church as a kid or what your family past looks like. It doesn't matter what you've lived your life like before. It's offered to each and every single one of us. The light is offered to us all. And what happens when we receive this light? It says that we become, in verse 12, we become children of God. We become children of God. When we believe in Jesus, we are now a permanent part of God's family. That we are in his family, not just for the moment, but we are part of his family forever. So you think about it, if you're a parent in your family, you have certain guides, certain rules, certain boundaries that you have put up in your households. And why do you do that? Why do you set these rules and regulations? Is it because you're a really mean person? Well, maybe, but we'll get to that later. No, it's because as a parent, you love your kids and you want what's best for them. And you believe that these boundaries, these rules that you've put in place are what will allow for them to come to life, to have the best life possible. And that's why you've instituted these boundaries. But what happens? What happens if one of your kids misbehaves? What happens if they break the rules? Are you like, all right, Susie, you're five years old. Boop, get out and be on your own. You broke one too many. No. Does it break your heart as a parent when your kids disobey? Of course it does. It breaks your heart because you see this path that, that they could walk down that would be for their best and they're choosing not to. But what is your response as a parent is to try and lovingly and graciously bring them back into this path. See, when we become children of God, it's not because of the things that we've done. It's because of faith. And when we are his children, does God have regulations? Does he have boundaries? Does he have things that he wants us to do? Yes, because he wants the life best for us. That's why he's given them to us. But when we sin, when we walk away from that, when we are disobedient, does God just say, well, now I'm through with you because you've disobeyed? Well, no because he's a loving father and he will try and guide us back into a relationship with him. See, when we become children of God through faith, we don't earn it by our works and we can't lose it by our works because we are part of the family of God. See, this is why we celebrate Christmas. This is why Jesus has come. He's come to deliver us from the darkness of our world, the darkness that's within ourselves. John chapter 12, Jesus said this, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Jesus came that we would believe in him, that we would put our faith in him. A well-known passage, John chapter three, it says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And so the question for each and every one of us tonight as we look at our own lives is will we cling to the darkness or will we run to the light? Will we reject Jesus or will we receive him? 
Will we cling to the darkness that's in our lives and trying to live life our own way? Or will we open ourselves up and believe in who he is, receive what he has for us through faith? See, this is why Jesus came. There's a lot of talk, I feel like, all the time around this, these holiday seasons about this, the meaning of Christmas, the spirit of Christmas, what Christmas is all about. And Christmas is not primarily about Santa. It's not about presents, although I'm not opposed to those either. Christmas isn't even primarily about family. Christmas is all about Jesus. Christmas is about Jesus. As John 1.14 said, that the word became flesh and he dwelt among us and we have seen his glory Glory is of the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. See, Christmas is all about Jesus because he came to this world. He lived a perfect life. He died a death in our place, but even death couldn't defeat him. He rose from the grave on the third day. And if we place our faith in him, if we receive him, believe through faith, we can become a part of the family of God. See, Jesus came. He offers us hope and life beyond what we ever imagined. This is the meaning of Christmas. God, we do thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son to this earth. God, and as we celebrate Christmas together, God, we celebrate you and how much you loved us. God, that you have come to be the light in the darkness. God, and I pray that if there's any of us tonight who are here and we are lost in the darkness of our own lives, God, even in this moment today, would we have the courage, have the faith to cry out to you. God, that your light would shine in our lives, that we would receive your love, your grace, your forgiveness that you offer to us. Jesus, we worship you. Because you have come in the flesh, it changes everything in our world and it changes everything in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Continue the conversation with us on social media. Never miss a message and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.